Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season seven, episode four of The Vampire Diaries, which is called I Carry Your Heart With Me. We got some good romance times all around. It's lightly Halloween themed, and we got some pretty big events, let's say. (laughs) Let's call them that. Let's call them events. You don't want to call them returns because hard to say how long they will last. Let's Oh, you just all remember that page. Interesting. I have one significant, I have one exact guess about it. But, you know, we don't know much about resurrection. We have to have questions. Of course. Before we get into everything that happened this week, here's a quick ad. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Just as Damon thinks he's gained the upper hand in his fight against Lily, an unexpected turn of events leaves him scrambling for a plan B. Elsewhere, when the fallout of Damon's actions gains the unwanted attention of Mary Louise and Nora, Stefan and Caroline are forced to spend the night distracting the girls at Whitmore College's Heaven and Hell Ball. Finally, after suspecting that she's up to something, Enzo sets off on a mission to find out what Valerie is hiding, while a plan set by Alaric and Bonnie leaves their worlds turned upside down. Busy, busy. We do. We are getting the heretics spread out and involved in other things. Not so much Bo. He's he's hanging out. Yeah, Bo <laughs> wasn't in anything this week. But Valerie had a separate story for Mary Louise and Nora. It's still not going to make me like her, but sure. Try. It, at least she's doing something. I'd love to see you try, Julie Pleck. I mean, Nora's giving. Mary Louise is learning how to give. Upward motion. <laughs> we start the episode with a quick jump to three years from now. It's the only time jump portion we see this week rick is like dramatically soldering something we're meant to believe it's like a bomb it's pronounced soldering okay (laughs) i didn't know i figured you'd correct it has the l in it but you know if there's an l in it why don't i say it i didn't design the word okay well you guys know what i I, mean he's got i always think it should be spelled s-a-w so but it's not we see that what rick is working on is connected to like a baby doll and he says, damn it, because the baby doesn't work. It, it's not crying or anything. Yeah. Intensive technology for this baby. What is it? One of those toys from Megan? Did you try just replacing the batteries? Yeah. It's usually what it is, Rick. Did you try buying another baby doll? Here's a thought. And then we see two little girls who are there. And one of them says, is it fixed yet? Now, I have to point out, they look like they could be about three years old. Yeah. I don't know how old any babies look. Neither do I, but we have we have but to yeah, assume they're, they're about three. They're in that avenue. They're in that avenue for yeah. sure. And they both seem to be the same age, importantly. They appear to look perhaps like, dare I say, twins. Mm-hmm. Despite the fact that one is brunette and one is blonde. Yeah, they could still be twins. Rick says, not yet, sweetheart, and it is past your bedtime. And they say in unison, no. And... Rick says, yes, it is. Do you want to go brush your teeth? And they say, no, but they go and do it anyway. That's even more proof they're twins. They're talking at the same time. Dead giveaway. He says, okay, yeah, well, too bad. Brush your teeth. They run away. And he says, surgery will have to resume tomorrow. Josie, help your sister find her PJs, okay? So we know one of them is named Josie. Yeah. Now, I, what I read from this immediately, yeah, I'd and I'm not it. saying I believe this to be true 100%. We can always go the Gilmore Girls route, naming your daughter after yourself. But this seems like a move to do when the mom dies. Okay. So just concerned for Joe. In what way? That like you would name your daughter after your dead wife in her honor. Okay. 
And I'm not saying he can't, they can't name her Josie with Joe still being alive, but it's just a little, it's a little concerning in my first thought. That's all I'm saying. The girls don't respond. So Rick is kind of freaked out. So he's like, hey, girls. Um, So he grabs a gun from the cabinet because he's always got a gun. And he goes to the hallway and he's and we can see the girls staring at the front door. And who's in the front door? But Damon. And Rick says Damon. And Rick does not seem thrilled to see him. Yeah. Damon says, aren't you adorable? Your girls, too. Ha ha ha. Rick says, OK, girls, stay behind daddy. And Damon says, hey, why so gloomy? It looks like you got everything you wanted. And Rick says, well, the fact that you're here means somebody died. And Damon says, not yet. But if you don't do exactly as I say, that could change real fast. So you can invite me in. What do you read into this little exchange? I read that Alurk kind of split from them. You know, we we heard last season Alurk and Joe talking about moving away to raise the children. Mm-hmm. So it seems like that did indeed happen. And I assume Damon is here as a result of the woman putting the X's on the X scars on people. Sure. Where do you think he's living, Rick and the girls? Ooh, great question. I, didn't I guess North Carolina last season? I don't know. I don't remember. You'd love to guess North Carolina, though. I'd love to guess North Carolina. I don't really know why. I I see him in Appalachia somewhere, even though I guess that's really not moving away. Maybe mid, let's say Midwest. Let's say Midwest. Let's go different. Sure. Why not? Unless it's Portland, which would piss me off. But because I don't think it's Portland, but I'm going to bring it up because it crossed my mind. Yeah. Close to the Geminis. Yeah. Or where they once were. Or or where the Geminis once were. Perhaps he's in the old (laughs) Gemini house. Yeah. Free house. No one's using it. Free real estate. Yeah. We go to present day, check in with Alaric as he stands now. Uh, he's at the morgue. Where else? Mm-hmm. His favorite place. And he is like just holding up the Phoenix Stone and looking at it. And the guy who works at the morgue, we know him well, walks in and he says, oh, come on. You're here at 5 a.m. <laughs> he I know when Alaric is in that morgue. He's mad. I know that his job is mostly easy and Alaric ruins his life. Vic says, oh, yeah, so I'm going to need the place to myself today. You can't request the morgue to yourself. It's like there's other dead people here. This guy's like, people die every day. And like, I do have a job to do, unfortunately. I have to do like five autopsies today. You can't have the place to yourself. (laughs) The guy says, look, come on, man. Don't make me an accomplice to whatever weird stuff you're doing with your wife's dead body. Number one, you're already an accomplice. You've been taking the bribes. Yeah, you, you're already taking the bribes. But I understand it's getting a little fur for you because you probably thought it wasn't going to go on this long. Yeah. But then number two, Rick says, you have no idea how weird it's going to get. Why would you say that? You know what he's implying when he says weird stuff, right? He's not implying spells, Alaric. Yeah, and I know that you know that it is going to get weirder, but you know what he's asking. So don't say that to this guy. Just be like, then you don't want to be here. You don't have to get into any, like, even though it's not details, it feels like details. Yeah. The way you said it. And then Rick pulls out either $20 or $40. It looks kind of like 20 It looks kind of like two bills, but the biggest bill is a 20 So. And Rick says, is this enough to buy some privacy? And the more guy does take it, the price is getting lower and lower. Yeah, the, the deal gets better every day. I mean, yeah. I guess it was $100 for a month versus like $40 for a day. So in theory, that markup is pretty high, but that is still too low of a price for the situation. Yeah, definitely. The guy says, you know what? I'll take that money, but I'm going to throw in a free reality check. Preserved bodies still have an expiration date, and this is her last day. She doesn't have to go home, but she can't stay here. (laughs) I love him saying that. (laughs) He's like, look, 
I've been happy to keep this body on ice for like three months, but I have to draw the line somewhere here, buddy. She's starting to turn. Might as well be Halloween. <laughs> yeah. We got to the hallway of like the Whitmore Hospital where Damon has stashed Oscar. And Damon's on the phone with Lily. And he says, mother, tell me you have Elena. And Lily says, okay, well, let me speak to Oscar. We can see she's driving a car with the coffin in the backseat. And Damon says, yeah, you can't talk to him right now. I'm about to wake him up from his little vervain nap. And Lily says, you know, you do realize when you get her back, you're not actually getting her back, right? She's still in the box. He's like, yeah, I know that. I still like having the box nearby. (laughs) He says, do you think I need to be reminded of that? And she says, and yet you're leveraging a member of my family just to get her body closer to you. How selfish can you be? I see what she's going for here. But girl, he was content just leaving her in the crypt until you took her out. Yeah. And I don't know what you expect him to do. Like there are no other people in town. Who else is he going to leverage? I'm I'm sorry, but you taking Elena, I would call an overreaction to what happened. I'm sure you considered an accurate reaction, Lily, whatever. Him, you know, get, getting one of your kids with him, an accurate reaction. Retaliation all makes sense. I think these are all accurate retaliations. And yeah. I do think, and she gets to she gets to a point later with this point that I think is better, but his obsession with having Elena's body close to him is not good for him, obviously. Yeah. But we'll get to that later. Damon says, spare me the lecture, mommy. And she says, you know, Damon, if you've harmed Oscar in any way, and he says, yeah, yeah, say goodbye to Elena, not my first hostage swap. They hang up, and he sees that the table where he left Oscar is empty. And he says, Oscar, I can smell the blood on you, buddy. He sees a cabinet. He opens the cabinet and Oscar's dead body falls out because, as we remember, Valerie killed his ass. Yeah. So there goes Damon's possible deniability being like Oscar's gone. Yeah. So Damon says, "Okay, well, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. Sucks to be Damon right now. It's it's a tough day for Damon because the problem is, is he did already kill Malcolm. So no one's going to believe he didn't kill Oscar. Yeah, which he knows. Stefan doesn't believe it. As soon as he finds Oscar, he's like, oh, I'm getting blamed for this. Yeah. Like, you could, I mean, he knows. We go over to the Whitmore dorm. Bonnie is getting up to head to class, because apparently some people still go to class in the show. And Caroline wakes up, and, you know, she doesn't want Bonnie to leave. Bonnie says, look, I didn't want to wake you up. And Caroline says, I would lose more sleep if you snuck out without saying hi. And so they sit down, they have some bestie time. Caroline says, I missed this. And Bonnie says, am I going to catch fire? And Caroline says, no, I just can't touch vampires. Valerie basically turned my skin to vervain. And Bonnie says, well, look, I'll work on unraveling this spell when I can. And Caroline says, stop. Okay, we have so much to catch up on. Let's just go shopping for Halloween costumes and we can worry about magic later. Bonnie has enough spells to do. Let's not give her another one, honestly. Yeah, Bonnie says, honestly, I'm already kind of worrying about magic today because Rick thinks we can reunite Joe's spirit with her body by using some sketchy Native American resurrection stone. My job is to crush his dreams in the most gentle way possible. You don't do that, girl. That's not how this day goes. Yeah. Caroline says, wow. Okay, so you don't even think it'll work? And Bonnie says, I don't think it should. The other side is gone. There's no more Gemini prison world, which means Joe's spirit is probably at peace. Do you think that's an accurate read? You know, I'm not against a different type of purgatory existing that they just don't know about. Because as much as I do think she likely went to peace, she didn't go in a peaceful way. Sure. So I don't think it's crazy that there's some other type of purgatory that came about that may not be like 
supernatural purgatory like the other side but the soul may be closer than we think i don't think she went in a peaceful enough way to be at peace already okay i don't know if like if there's another option that isn't peace is the question that is i think if there's an option she went there if there's no option then i guess she went to peace okay she deserves it i just don't think she was ready for it caroline says our lives are weird and bonnie says tell me about it and they hug we go over to Lurk's apartment where Damon has brought Oscar's dead body to, you know, talk to Stefan about next plans. And Stefan says, how did you let this happen? And Damon says, don't even think about blaming this on me. I'm not the one that unscrewed his heart. And Stefan says, oh, no, you're just the one who chased him down, kidnapped him and are still technically holding him hostage. And it's like. Yeah, Damon isn't the one who killed him, but like you did put him in the place where he eventually got killed. So it's not your fault, but it's not not your fault. And not for nothing. You took this guy hostage to trade for Elena and you left him unsupervised in an unlocked building. You couldn't even get invited in somewhere. Forgive me for being a little bit judgmental of that. You know, it was a little bit lazy on your part. You could have even brought him to Rick's apartment. Yeah. Damon says, I did all that to get Elena back. And Stefan says, oh, and how's that working out for you? Because from where I'm standing, she's in more danger than ever because you won't let her rest. I mean, she's in the same amount of danger regardless. Yeah. <laughs> but the she's coffin, whatever. <laughs> Damon says, wow, you spend one day with mommy dearest and now you're on her side. Yeah, King, mommy issues got hands. Yeah. I mean, especially has got hands for the favorite son. Yeah. <laughs> Stefan says, I don't have to be on her side to see what's happening here. You can't be with Elena, so you're making all your bad decisions about Elena. He is doing that. I'm on Damon's side through this episode. It'll come out throughout. But it's like, of course he wants to have this coffin near him. It's the love of his life. Sure, but that's not really what Stefan is saying here. That's not what Stefan is saying. The coffin being near him ends up putting her in danger because of the way Damon is acting. The coffin being near him isn't the thing we're talking about. Of course he wants the coffin near him. Yeah. But he's still like centralizing every decision in his life about Elena in a way that obviously isn't serving him. That Elena even told him not to. I think he's only doing that now that he doesn't know where the coffin is, which I think is a fair reaction. Maybe. Like, I don't think he killed the heretic for Elena. Yeah, he did. He absolutely did. He even said it because he said that when Elena wakes up, he doesn't want her town to look like that. He's doing that to get the heretics out of town for Elena. He wanted the town to be the same for him and Bonnie and Elena. Like, I don't think that was all Elena. And also, that's not a crazy thing to do because Stefan made the dumb deal. I'm not saying, look, I'm not saying Damon wasn't right to kill Malcolm. I think he was wrong to do it in the way he did it. Obviously, he, I mean, the events since have shown that that decision was stupid. See, I don't think that decision was stupid. I think he didn't think about the retaliation that would come after and didn't prepare correctly. It was the right decision under the under stupid circumstances. I think one of the heretics needed to go. Well, I agree with that. I think at least four of the heretics need to go, to be yeah. frank. Like, I just, I don't think Damon is doing anything that I find to be that much of an issue. I think he's reacting very fairly to the situation he's been put in. I think he's reacting fairly, but it's causing more issues than it's solving. For him specifically. Yeah, but like, so is what Stefan's doing. What's Stefan doing? He's really just hanging out. He's like bringing in Lily, bringing up all this Valerie bullshit. Like, he's not bringing up the Valerie bullshit. I guess Caroline is more than anything. 
I don't know. <laughs> I just don't think Damon is being, I think people shit on Damon a lot this week and I don't think they should. Okay. I just think that Damon is making decisions that are hurtful to his own life. I don't think there are any decisions that he's made that are hurtful that he didn't get forced into in some way. Like, I, I personally think Lily taking Elena was too far. I don't think it was. When you consider, for how Lily's reaction to Malcolm was, that was a fair reaction from Lily's point of view. And also, what else is she going to take from Damon? Because, and you know what? Look, I shipped Elena. I don't want anyone to think I don't ship Elena. Damon makes his whole personality being Elena's boyfriend. And he needs to kind of get off of that since Elena's not on the show anymore, which is a problem yeah. that the writers have done with Damon. Not that Damon's done. Yeah. But it's they need to figure out a way to make him more than Elena's boyfriend because he needs to have motivations other than protecting Elena or else this show feels stuck. Yeah. Well, I think that's the issue with mm-hmm. maybe that's more of my issue with Lily taking Elena. It's like it forces him to yeah. then save Elena again, even though it's a box. But it just... I don't think it's crazy for him to want to like chase down Elena like this. And don't get me wrong. Things have gotten out of hand, but I don't think that's his fault. I think it is his fault. I think him killing Malcolm is what caused all of this to go into motion. No, I think him killing Malcolm caused it, but him killing Malcolm didn't cause Valerie to kill Oscar. Sure. But that's an unfortunate circumstance, but he wouldn't have had to hunt down Oscar to save Elena if he hadn't killed Malcolm. Yeah, but if he hadn't hunted down Oscar, that would have been a mistake because he wouldn't have gotten insight. So sure. No, I, I'm i not saying like that was a fine decision, but he's in this situation because he wanted to kill Malcolm right away. Because And let's face it, like as much as I agree with the decision to kill Malcolm, mama, that was mommy issues. Well, and it really goes back to what I said when he killed Malcolm. They should have hidden that body. Yes. Like, you didn't need to let everyone know you killed him because it was obvious who it was. There was just a lot of dumb decisions made around the killing of Malcolm because it was an impulsive decision by Damon. Well, yeah, there were a lot of dumb decisions made with the heretics in town anyway. Yes. I'm not saying he's the only one who made a dumb decision, but unfortunately, his is the one that has the most repercussions. Yes. That decision has turned into bad things for him, but I just think Lily's being rude. Well, what, what do you expect from Lily? Damon says, we need to get rid of this body. And Stefan says, no, you need to get rid of this body. Damon says, oh, my God. Damon's like, can my brother not help me with this one little thing? And Stefan says, I'm busy. He's not, though. (laughs) We go to the Salvador house. Valerie is making an omelet, mushroom omelet. And Enzo walks in and says, ooh, brekkie, what are we having? And Valerie says, mushroom omelets, uh, but they are for Oscar, not for you. He's coming home today. She knows damn well Oscar's not eating these. She know- she knows Enzo could have one of these omelets. But you know what? Good alibi, queen. Gotta stand by it. Enzo says, I'm impressed considering how late you got home last night. And she said, gulp. She said, uh-oh. <laughs> but Lily comes in. And so Valerie's like, thank God. Uh, she says, where's Oscar? And Lily says, I don't know. Damon never showed up. I suppose I've taken the notion of trust for granted lately. Lorenzo, would you mind terribly if I had a moment alone with Valerie? And Enzo says, something wrong? And Lily says, just family business. And he goes. He's like, I'm not in the family still? He's like, well, I'll eavesdrop, because what the fuck are you talking about? Yeah, I'll be in the hallway listening. And Lily's like, I just, I guess I can't trust anyone. No! You can't! (laughs) Everyone, why would they trust you? Like, sorry! (laughs) (laughs) Lily says, so I spent yesterday with Stefan. 
and I learned all about your little tryst in 1863. And Valerie says, well, we were children. It was puppy love. It meant nothing. We know that's not true because we spent last week with her. Yeah, that's a big old lie. Well, he says, huh, then why did you hold on to his journal all these years? Now, Lily, did that never, like, make you ponder before this? Yeah, what did you think she was doing with this journal? Like, this one journal. It'd be one thing if, you know, you're there for a hundred some odd years. Yeah, I'm going to start reading journals for entertainment. Absolutely. But she's going to keep rereading one. And she made a beeline for this one journal of your son? <laughs> yeah. Girl. Valerie says you were fragile at the time. I didn't want to upset you. Lily says you told him you were coming back for him and he believed you. Why put him through that? Girly, Lily, look at the dates on these storylines. Look at the timeline. Think about Julian. I'm just saying. Well, she she clearly can't see Julian for anything about what he really is. That's obvious. Yeah. But it is like, do some math. Do some thinking about it. Valerie says, well, I was a foolish human back then and I am sorry. And Lily says, I will only say this once. If you have anything to tell me, now is the time. Valerie says, well, I have nothing to hide. I should go look for Oscar. Valerie says, good thing I have nothing to tell you. (laughs) At all. Lily says, oh, that won't be necessary, looking for Oscar. And Valerie's like, thank God, because he's dead. Um, And I don't know where to find him. Thank God, I was just going to walk around for four hours. (laughs) We go over to Whitmore. Nora and Mary Louise are walking about on the quad. Nora has like a little... Like, really bright pink smoothie she got. She's very real. A beet juice of sorts. Yeah. Queen. Nora says, God, it feels good to be out of that deserted town and around living people we can eat. Mystic Falls is the prison world all over again. Yeah, girl. Imagine how I feel in the audience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, girl. Get out of there. Free yourself. Stay on the show to be sure, but get out of there. Mary Louise says we're on a mission, Nora, not a vacation. We go into Rick's apartment and Stefan and Damon are like lifting Oscar up. They're clearly about to like carry him somewhere. Mm-hmm. And then there's a knock at the door and it's Mary Louise. And she says, Damon, I know you're here. Open up. She knocks again. And then she says, Damon, open the." And Damon does open the door. No Oscar in sight. Mm-hmm. And says, hello, Mary Louise and Nora come in. And Mary Louise says, university housing. How lovely. And Nora says, how sad. You all live in an old boarding house. It can't be much yeah. nicer. <laughs> Mary Louise says, not as sad as being exiled here by your own mother. Now, Mary Louise, didn't you join this family because your mother exiled you from a slaughterhouse? <laughs> so we, we're all being exiled by our mothers here. Yeah, let's let's all remember how we ended up in this situation. Yeah. Mary Louise says, Lily must have had the wrong address for the hostage exchange. Where's Oscar? Damon says, well, you just missed him. And Nora says, well, you eek of blood. And Damon says, yeah, I've been binging. And Stefan says, yeah, I've been judging. <laughs> They're like, that's our thing. Yeah. He binges, I judge. Brothers. Now you guys know everything about us. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> Nora picks up a vase and Stefan says, well, you're not going to find him in there. And she breaks it. Just causing chaos, as she do. Yeah. So she continues to break a couple things over the scene. And Damon says, look, OK, you got me. He turned the tables on me. He knocked me out and took off. I lost my one and only bargaining chip. And Mary Louise says, then why isn't Oscar answering his phone? And Dame says, I don't know. Maybe the guy doesn't want to be found. And Nora says, why don't I believe you? Mary Louise says, okay, well, this is pointless. Come, Nora. And they go. Nora drops her smoothie on the ground on the way out. And Dame says, yeah, I'll throw that away for you. And they go. As Nora and Mary Louise are walking away, we can see that Oscar is hanging out the window of the building Mm -hmm. 
And so Stefan and Damon get ready to pull him up. Some guy dressed as a zombie walks by and watches them do this, but they get away with it because it's Halloween. Yeah, at first it's like, what's the zombie doing there? What show is this? And I was like, oh yeah, Halloween. Halloween. He walked into his lecture and no one else was dressed up and he felt real weird about it. He had a weird day. (laughs) Damon says, okay, screw it. Let's get this guy to the furnace. (laughs) And then some random girl comes in and Damon says, wrong door, darling. She has a card. She hands it to Stefan and Stefan reads a message from Miss Nora Hildegard dictated but not read. For every hour that Oscar isn't returned, a Whitmore student will die, starting now. And then the girl stabs herself in the neck and dies. Now, Stefan, this isn't the first time we've encountered something like this. Don't read the note out loud. Well, and poor Alaric. He's in the morgue for one day and the mess being made of this apartment. All his old vases are broken, covered in blood. Damon says, oh, no, come on. (laughs) We go out to the Mystic Falls town square. It is abandoned, except for a tour bus that on the side, it is painted Haunted Mystic Falls. There's a tour guide with a headset and everything. This guy has a mogul mindset because it just became haunted and he's he's ready. He was real for this. He says, with dozens of disappearances in a history of animal attacks, Mystic Falls was the subject of supernatural speculation even before the quote unquote mining fire evacuation. Yeah, no one bought that story. This is actually so funny, too, because this, for all we know, is a very normal guy in the town. The council really thought the animal attacks were covering things up. Apparently, the whole town knows their fate. The whole town is like, it's weird there's this many animal attacks, right? I can't explain why. Well, it was the same thing. Like, other people, when they were looking for vampires, were like, well, this town has a lot of animal attacks, so let's start here. I guess I'll try there. There's a siren. It's Matt who pulls up because what else does he have to do except well, kick yeah, you out of town? And there's no other cops in town, so. Yeah. <laughs> the tour guide says, we're not doing anything illegal, officer. And Matt says, yeah, besides violating a town-wide quarantine and putting these people's lives at risk to make a quick buck. I don't mean to nitpick, Matt, but if you're going to sell the town-wide quarantine story, you at least have to put a mask on when you're doing stuff like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can't just drive around like a normal per- a normal person. Yeah. Or at least, you know, I understand that they have other things going on. They're not working to keep this story going. At least throw a bunch of stink bombs around the town square every few days. Yeah. Like couldn't hurt. Because then it's like, oh, maybe there is a gas leak. Yeah. Matt says, pack it up and get out of here. The tour guide moves his headset mic away and talks to Matt, uh, mano a mano, and <laughs> says, we both know there's no real danger here. It's just an empty ghost town. And then Enzo approaches and says, really? It's like, what quarantine is there? Because who's this dude? Enzo says, did you hear about the noises in the old boarding house? The mysterious figure haunting the clock tower? Tell your Ghostbusters to charge up their proton packs. They've hit the proverbial jackpot. And Matt doesn't even encourage this. He just turns to the tour guide and says, get out of here unless you want your license suspended. Yeah, Matt doesn't even be like, he's lying. He's making stuff up. He's like, just leave. Don't even listen to him. The tour guide does round up the group and gets everyone out. And then Matt pulls Enzo aside and says, hey, if you touch any of these people, I'm going to shoot you right here. And Enzo says, hey, don't waste the ammunition, mate. It's a waste of taxpayer money, and I'm one of your last taxpayers. He's not paying taxes. He doesn't have a job. (laughs) Maybe he is paying taxes. You don't know. Maybe he is. Maybe he is. (laughs) I don't believe he would. I don't think he should, but maybe he is anyway. Maybe he's just a good dude. Yeah, maybe. (laughs) Matt says, what do you want? 
And Enzo says, just a good night's rest, which is proving difficult lately with all the late night sneaking in and out of the Salvatore house. Vampire hearing's bad enough, but once the heretics start creeping, that's when I really lose sleep. Just ask for what you want, Enzo. Matt's like, why are you giving me this information? Matt says, there's an abandoned music shop down the way. I'll let you steal a tiny fiddle. Kind of gagged. Kind of served on that one. I do have to give it to him when he does it. Matt Donovan, you ate on that one. You ate that one little thing. Enzo says, or you could grant me access to the town surveillance cameras. I have a heretic to track. And Matt's like, fine. (laughs) Why not? Matt says, okay. Matt's like, I don't want to waste the energy trying to get you not to do that. So just sure. So I guess that's where we're at. They should be in a room watching that instead of talking to me today. Yeah. We go over to Whitmore. Caroline sees Stefan in the hallway and he brought her coffee and he's like, hey. And she goes out to reach for the coffee, but touches his hand, which then burns him because we'll remember her skin's burning vampires. Yeah, we know. You don't have to show it. Every every start of the scene with the two of them. We got it. Stefan says, oh, it's not your fault. And Caroline says, oh, I take it your charm didn't work on getting Valerie to undo the spell. And he says, well, I haven't spoken to Valerie yet. And she says, oh, so you're just like avoiding her? And Stefan says, no, no, nothing to avoid, nothing to avoid. And she says, Stefan, she was your first love, and she just left you hanging. You're not the least bit curious why. And he says, well, she hasn't contacted me in the last four months that she's been back, so I'm assuming she's as over it as I am. Caroline says, that's quite an assumption, considering she's the reason why I literally can't touch you. Great point, Caroline. Yeah, I mean, that is damning evidence. It is. Stefan says, unfortunately, she's the heretic that I'm least concerned about right now. And Caroline says, well, who now? And Stefan says, let's just say it involves two bored mean girls on a campus full of easy targets. But fortunately, I have come up with a genius plan to keep them occupied. He pulls out a flyer that says heaven and hell ball. We haven't had a theme dance in a while. Let's bring it back. Let's bring it back. And you know what? These bitches, even before we get to it, I'm like, I know these bitches are going to love a theme dance. Oh, yeah. Stefan says, we're going to do this while Damon sorts out his Oscar problem. And Caroline says, the dance, full of potential victims. And he says, yes, but also distractions all in one place, easy to babysit. I think the hardest part will be feigning enthusiasm. And Caroline says, well, they're never going to fall for it. And then she makes the realization. She's like, unless they think it's their idea. And Caroline learned a lot while she was in captivity. She learned how to play these two like a fiddle. Exactly. So she is in the hallway. She has a flyer in her hand. She doesn't even move until Nora and Mary Louise get close, which they should clock, but they don't. Nora says, I'm getting hungry. Is it death o'clock yet? And Mary Louise says, well, we still have 13 minutes. Nora grabs the flyer from Caroline and says, hey, what's this? And Caroline says, oh, nothing. You know, just some silly heaven and hell ball. Stefan invited me, but I don't know. These days, Halloween just seems like an excuse to get drunk and show skin. Sorry, no heretics allowed. And Nora says, what did you say? She said, what is Halloween an excuse for? She said, wait, Halloween has changed? She said, hold on, tell me more. And Caroline says, oh, sorry, Halloween's only for people who dress up as psychopaths. And Mary Louise says, as if we'd want to drink cheap beer out of plastic and then brag about it all over the internet. And Nora says, "Mm." (laughs) I do. (laughs) Nora says, that sounds like my ideal night. And this is, it's too easy. She just said, oh, there's this thing, but... You guys wouldn't want to go. You guys wouldn't like it. I don't think you're ready for this. And, and they said, okay. Took two seconds. Nora says, as if you'd even know how to do that, Mary Louise. Okay, we're going. And Caroline says, oh, to a college party? Oh, okay, good luck with that. And Nora says, what's that supposed to mean? 
And Caroline says, nothing. No, you know, you two will fit in just fine. Seriously, you guys have nothing to feel self-conscious about. This is a masterclass in a bitchy comment. Yeah, that is the perfect thing to say because it's not mean on the surface, but it's like, you know, now that I'm thinking about you guys, no, you don't have anything to feel self-conscious about. <laughs> it is like one of those things that you would tell that to someone. Like someone said this to me, was that mean? And they'd be like, mm, no, I don't think so. And you're like, yeah. no, but I know it was. It's like, no, but the way they said it. Caroline starts to walk away and Mary Louise says, did I say you could leave? And Caroline knows she has them. So she says, what do you want? We go up to the dorm room. Mary Louise is trying on a red dress. And Caroline says, I see you found a dress from my closet. And Mary Louise says, I haven't been to a party since New Year's 1902. Be honest. Will I make a proper modern devil? It's like T-ball. Come on. You're setting her up. Why are you asking her opinion on if you look good? She's about to tear you down. Caroline says, shouldn't be too much of a stretch, unlike the hips of that dress. <laughs> and that comment worked because she didn't wear that dress. Yeah. Mary Louise says, would you prefer I chose a different one and dyed it with your blood? And Caroline says, look, I gave you an outfit. Now it's your turn. Siphon off this annoying anti-vampire spell. And Mary Louise says, oh, I'm sorry. Are you prohibited from showing physical affection for your significant other? Try being gay in 1900. I mean, T, but, like, that wasn't Caroline's fault. Yeah, Caroline's like, I didn't make the laws in 1900. Caroline's like, I'm cool with it. I have no problem with you being gay. I just want to kiss my boyfriend. I have no problem with being you gay, with you being gay. I just don't like your personality. Yeah. Caroline says, what do you care about some silly spell? You don't even like Valor. And Mary Louise says, you know, you're right, I don't. I've had to endure two lifetimes with that conniving shrew, and I've learned that when it comes to Valerie, you don't get on her bad side. But Caroline didn't get on her bad side. All she did was have a boyfriend. And she barely did that. Yeah, all she did was like the wrong dude. Yeah. Because she was struggling for Stefan for a long time. (laughs) We go to like a common dorm area. Nora is like sewing. She's making her outfit. Yeah. And it's white. So, And she's talking to Stefan. And she says, not happening, Stefan. If I siphon Caroline's spell, Valerie will find out and she'll retaliate with something much worse. The girl is a rancid bitch. Both Noah and Mary Louise are like, we do not fuck with her, but we're not turning against her either because she is mean to us. Yeah. Stefan says, that's not the Valerie I knew. Nora says, well, I used to be a sickly abused little urchin cast out by my coven. And then I met Mary Louise. Love changes people. Maybe Valerie's obsession with you is the reason she's a walking funeral dirge. Excellent <laughs> comment. Just drags all around. She never misses. Mary Louise comes in in her newly completed devil outfit. It's a red lace dress, but it's very high neck. Mm -hmm. She says, Nora, well, and Nora says, not bad. And Mary Louise says, not bad is not good. (laughs) Mary Louise says, you bitch. (laughs) So I'm not stunningly gorgeous. (laughs) Nora says, no, you look nice. It's just kind of plain, but I can sex it up for you. And Mary Louise says, no, like I'm comfortable like this. Don't. And so Nora like rips the top open. So there's more cleavage. Yeah. And Mary Louise says, stop it. And Nora says, come on, you're supposed to be a devil. And Mary Louise says, oh, you want a devil? And she magically throws some scissors into a civilian. Yeah. Into some guy just walking by. Yeah. And Stefan runs to give him blood. Mary Louise says, it's 15 minutes past the hour. Distraction period over. And then Nora chases after Mary Louise while Stefan and Caroline save the guy they tried to kill. Yeah. We go over to the morgue. Bonnie and Alaric are there with Joe's body. They actually brought Jody Leno Keith out. I see this and I'm like, okay, here she come. We're ready. Rick says, well, what better way to spend Halloween, huh? 
And Bonnie says, actually, yeah, why would I want to go to some stupid Halloween party like a normal student? Maybe meet a nice guy or a not so nice guy. Have a fun drunk hookup when I could be here struggling to raise the dead. She's like, it's not fucking funny. It's really not funny. Like, it's weird that I'm in the morgue at all. Yeah. Rick says, well, if it makes any difference, this is worth some serious extra credit. It doesn't make a difference. A, your class is easy. B, if anyone has a perfect score in the occult studies class at Whitmore, it's Bonnie. Because I'm betting Bonnie designed a bunch of your curriculum, asshole. Yeah. Bonnie says, you think? Whether or not I'm capable, you're lucky I'm willing. And the visions from that stone scare the hell out of me, so don't rush me. Damon comes in with Oscar's body and says, well, that's bad because we got to bring this guy to life, like, right now. Yeah. Rushing her. We go to the Heaven and Hell Ball. Everyone is dancing. Everyone is dressed as either an angel or devil. You know, the theme is simple. It's elegant. It's classic. It's great. Yeah. No notes. Those costumes look good on everyone. There's a reason they're winners. Yeah. Caroline comes in, obviously dressed as an angel. No duh. She doesn't know another way. And she's super cute. Uh, And then we see Stefan, and he is wearing... Uh, red and black flannel. So an attempt was made. Yeah, red and black flannel and a leather jacket. It's like, sure. And I do get that, like, if you put, like, little devil horns on him, it's gonna look stupid. But I think they should have. <laughs> I do get that, like, this theme is easy to make sexy for a girl and a little harder for a boy. Yeah. Because it's, you know, in a whole, like, red t-shirt, red pants look, you look ridiculous. And the angel costume, you're just going to look gay. I know that as a feature of the plot, like, Stefan didn't plan to be here until earlier today. So, like, a red flannel is really the best choice we could do. But it is funny that he's, like, not in the costume for real. Well, yeah, because you can find devil horns anywhere, especially on a college campus. Ask around. (laughs) Stefan says, oh, nice costume for two hours notice. She says, thank you. (laughs) She said, yep. (laughs) He says, yep, I'm that good. Uh, He says, you weren't already coming to this and just forgot to invite me. Number one, I know this costume is in her rotation. Like, she did not make this costume for this party. She's been an angel before she'll do it again. Yeah. And also, sorry she forgot to invite you to a dance when she was kidnapped. Well, also, she didn't forget. She didn't think you'd have fun, so she chose to do this herself. Like, yeah. (laughs) She says, no, I didn't forget to invite you. I just felt like a Halloween party wasn't great first date material. And he says, so this isn't our first date? And she says, depends what you think it is. He says, torture. And it is. Also, it's it's, it's a job. You're here to babysit, really. Yeah. And let's be honest. The, you've already had a date, as far as I'm concerned. You've had many dates. You just didn't call them that. And you've even had sex, because you did have your humanity off. So You know what? It's, it's really not that serious. Yeah, we don't have to make the first date all serious. Okay, control freak? Yeah. <laughs> They spot Nora and Mary Louise. Nora is just as an angel. Mary Louise is the devil. Fun. Nora eating Mary Louise up. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's not close either. It's rough. But I love that Nora and Caroline, even though they're both angels, they're both doing it in a different way. So they're both serving. I don't think either one is eating the other one up significantly. No. Because they're very different approaches. And they're both their own specific style. Yeah. So love those two. My girlies. Stefan says, they're here. Guess it's time for us to babysit. The girls go to the bar. Nora pushes a guy full out of the way. She's so real for that. And the bartender, dressed as a devil, says, hey, girls, what can I get you? And Mary Louise says, a bijou for me and a creme vet for my little flower here. And the bartender says, oh, sorry, I have no idea what that is. 
the bartender's pretty nice about it considering how stupid those drinks sound like yeah. she was like uh, yeah i don't know what that is you're gonna have to get something better, something else as a form of learning more about these girls let's look at these recipes i don't know them off the top of my head i've never heard of them so a bijou which is what mary louise ordered is gin vermouth and chartreuse okay yum and a creme vet which is nora's drink of choice it's violet, citrus, and vanilla flavored cream liqueur. Mm. Delish. I'm sure it's okay. Kind but... of a, a weird choice. <laughs> yeah, it is a weird choice. What it's often served with is um, like gin and lemon juice. That's sure. a blue moon. Or another thing it's, it's served with gin, maraschino liqueur, lemon. Yeah. So whatever. A sweet drink. A sweet drink. Sweet. The classy lady's sex on the beach. <laughs> yes. Norris is a gin martini and a sex on the beach, which is also not a normal order for a college party. Yeah. Get a jungle juice. <laughs> well, sex on the beach is so funny because I know Nora is ordering that just off the title alone. Oh, yeah. And I'm, I'm sure she'll love it. But like she went title. Yeah. She Googled cool. She Googled like cocktails and was like, don't need to see any other ones. That one's me. That one's the one. Bartenders is gotcha. So let me guess. Old fashioned devil and slutty angel. I love it. This is Mary Louise right off. She cooked her. Mary Louise says, I beg your pardon. Nora says, thank you so much. It's actually all cobbled together from stuff I found on Pinterest. And the bartender says, oh my God, I love Pinterest. I get half my recipes from it. And Nora says, I'm obsessed. And the bartender says, obsessed. I know Nora loves Pinterest. (laughs) I'm sure Nora got really into Tumblr as well when she joined. She said, oh, well, let me get another one of these We Heard It picks. Yeah. We blog. <laughs> so Nora and the bartender are flirting and Mary Louise is annoyed. So she's like, time to kill someone. She's like, what the fuck is my girlfriend doing flirting with someone? Which it's like, well, there's just finally other people around. We go back to the morgue. The Phoenix Stone is on Oscar's chest and Bonnie is doing a spell. Oscar's eyes open and close. And Bonnie says, okay, scratch that spell off the list. Damon hits a table in frustration. And Rick says, hey, you're not the only one banking on this. And if anything, Rick's banking on it more. But also, like, it's a morgue. He can make noise if he wants to. What's going to happen? You already paid your rent. You want them to wake up. Yeah. Damon says, it's not for me, Rick. Why does everything have to be about me today? Because you kind of made it about you, King. Well, he's making it about Elena, which, but, which, as a function of that, is about him Yes, right now. Bonnie says, hey, will both of you shut up? The stone works. I think it's creating a bridge between the body and the spirit. I just have to find a spell that makes that bridge permanent. Damon gets a phone call from Stefan and answers it and says, okay, so how goes the diversion? And Stefan says, three. That's the number of people Caroline and I have saved. Barely. And Damon says, did you call just to brag? And Stefan says, how much longer? And we see that Bonnie has started a fire on Oscar's body and then and they're putting it out. And so Damon says, I think we're close, which, you know, relatively. <laughs> we go over to the Salvatore house. Valerie is sitting by the fire, pondering life. And Enzo comes in with an unconscious girl in a nurse outfit. Is this necessary? You know, Enzo, stop doing this shit. Go get a girlfriend. Yeah. And, and not Lily. And not Lily. While we're at it, while we're making requests. Yeah, well, I'm saying it. Enzo says, ah, there's the mopey face I've come to know and love. Guess all it takes is a scolding from Lily to ruin breakfast. Mm. Valerie says, you know, we have an icebox full of blood downstairs. And Enzo says, you know, sometimes it's just nice to get out of the house. Take a drive, get out of town and come back. Wouldn't you agree? 
<laughs> yeah, and it's like, okay, he saw the tapes. She says, okay, clearly I'm not as quick as the other orphans in the workhouse. Are you accusing me of something? <laughs> Enzo says, town surveillance has you on the road to and from Whitmore last night in a stolen car. Curious how Oscar was also at Whitmore last night and has since mysteriously disappeared. So yes, I am accusing you of something. I'm just not sure whether it's lying to Lily or murder or both. One thing about Enzo, he is going to be in your business and he's going to clock shit. And he's going to get it right. Like he, he doesn't often get things wrong when he's accusing. Oh yeah. Like for all of Enzo's faults of not minding his business, he reads the situation well. Well, it's because he never minds his business. He's really good at minding other people's business. Yeah. He said, I know this one. (laughs) Valerie says, forget everything you think you know, because you are wrong in ways you can't even imagine. I mean, he, he completely clocked your shit. So that's not true. He's right in a lot of ways. Like maybe he doesn't know why you killed Oscar, but. He doesn't pretend to know why. He doesn't really care why. He's not in wrong. He's not wrong in ways he can't imagine. He just doesn't have all the information that only you can provide. So Enzo says, okay, enlighten me. What exactly don't I know? Or actually, you know what? Maybe it's easier if I just ask Lily. I'm sure she'll be eager to uncover the truth and punish you for it. Valerie says, okay, I killed Oscar. He knew too much. I had to prevent him from bringing a monster back into Lily's life. And Enzo says, what monster is that? Valerie says, Julian. Based on his reaction, she can tell that he's never heard that name in his life. Yeah. And Valerie says, oh, I guess Lily doesn't tell you everything. Valerie's like, thank God I got some footing back in this conversation because I was losing. Yeah. He says, okay, who's Julian? And Valerie says, someone you'll want to keep as far away as possible. Assuming that one day you want Lily to love you in the same way that you love her. Clocked him on that. Yeah, so she did clock him right back there. I mean, he wasn't hiding it well, to be fair. Yeah, he never is. He wants nothing more than for someone to clock him and then talk to him and become his friend. Yeah, and love him. Yeah. We go back to the party. Nora is dancing, and Mary Louise is just standing there. But she's in the middle of the dance floor. She's like, no, I'll stand right here. Yeah, she's like, I'll be here. Stefan and Caroline are watching them, and Stefan says, do you think they forgot they came here to murder people? (laughs) They're so real. Caroline says, no, they're just wrapped up in their own drama. See, Nora wants some breathing room, but Mary Louise is scared if she gives it to her, then Nora's going to leave her. And Stefan says, you got all that from that? And Caroline says, first of all, I was kidnapped for a couple days, and also it's very obvious. She said, it's really not that hard to read. I mean, look at the way she's standing in the middle of the dance floor. But then a slow song comes on and Nora and Mary Louise slow dance and Caroline says, or not, because she's like, oh, maybe they are in love. Yeah, you can see her be like, oh, that's pretty cute. Stefan says, you know, I'd ask you to dance, but Caroline says, yeah, but I'd kill you. How convenient. Girl, No, here's how you do it. You put your hands on his shoulders covered by his jacket. He puts his hands on your waist covered by your dress. Well, even if you're worried about other ways, Stefan, give Caroline your jacket. Then her and she can even zip it up. Her whole upper body is covered and you've got a flannel on. Sure, you can't kiss, but you can slow dance quite a bit. Or be a man and just get burned. Yeah, literally. Life's an option. (laughs) Don't be such a weak ass. Yeah. If you love me so much, you get one little burn. It'll heal. Yeah. You literally supernaturally heal. Caroline says, if only there was a person you could talk to about it. 
And Stefan says, I will ask Valerie to undo the spell once Damon brings Oscar back to Lily. Caroline says, oh, so you're not technically avoiding it. You're just waiting for Damon to raise the dead. Okay. And he says, Caroline, Valerie has been dead to me for 150 years. And she says, yeah, well, she's back now. And you're scared you're going to look her in the eyes and all of your feelings are going to come back. The infatuation, the abandonment, the whole freaking fairy tale. And Stefan says, that's what I'm scared of? That's what you're scared of? Gagged her. Yeah, she says, okay, well, you got me there. She says, it can be both. You know what? I am too sober to be talking about this. And she goes. So Stefan looks up because they've looked away from the dance floor for like a minute now. Yeah, about halfway through this, I was like, oh, you guys forgot you're babysitting now. Yeah. And Mary Louise and Nora are, of course, now gone. We go to some side room that's empty, mostly. Uh, Mary Louise comes in and says, Nora, where did you go? I'm just tipsy enough to enjoy this music. And she finds Nora feeding on the bartender from earlier. And Nora says, oh, come here, Mary Louise, have a taste. She's been sneaking tequila, so she's a little spicy. And Mary Louise is like, you whore. You whore. <laughs> uh, so Mary Louise walks over and pulls the bartender's heart out. And Nora says, um, what the hell? And Mary Louise says, oh, don't act so shocked. Nora says, don't pretend that was anything other than petty jealousy. And Mary Louise says, this trashy girl wouldn't mean a damn thing to you if you weren't so desperate for attention. And Nora says, how could I possibly want attention when you've been perched on my shoulder every second for the last 120 years? And Mary Louise says, oh, am I ruining your fun? And Nora says, stay close, Nora. Slow down, Nora, as if it's still the bloody 19th century and I need your protection. I'm not the one struggling to adapt, Mary Lou. You are. Which is tea. It is tea. But they both they both have their valid points. You can see why Mary Louise is hurt. Mary Louise is right because Nora is desperate for attention. She is desperate for attention. And it hurts Mary Louise's feelings because she doesn't need to see attention outside that. But Nora's like, I want to be a slut. Yeah, and Mary Louise is like, isn't my attention enough? Yeah. But it's not. It will be. A lot of flashy things are distracting Nora right now. Exactly. Mary Louise says very well, do whatever you want. I'm going to finish what we came here to do. And she goes. We go back over to the morgue. Bonnie does a spell and nothing happens at first. And Rick says, which one was that? And she says, I don't know, something I found in one of your shamanistic oral traditions. And then Oscar screams awake, like as if it's painful for him to come back. Yeah. And Damon says, Bonnie, you are officially the most terrifying person I know. Oscar seems freaked out, which can't blame the man. Yeah, he was he just got killed by his sister after having the best you know, weekend of his life. And now he's in a morgue. Yeah. And Lord knows what afterlife he went to. Probably not the good one. Yeah. From that scream. (laughs) We go out to the streets. (laughs) They're all walking and Damon is carrying Oscar. And Oscar says, where am I? And Damon says, on your way to Mystic Falls. And Oscar says, Virginia, how'd I get here? And Damon says, we'll talk about it on the way. Smile for mommy. And he takes a selfie with Oscar. And Oscar says, I need blood. And Bonnie says, yeah, I figured you might. And she hands him a couple blood bags. They put him in the car. And Damon says, okay, either our friend still has the munchies or this ravenous hunger is a side effect of resurrection. And Bonnie says, don't look at me. I barely understand how the guy's alive. If hunger is the worst consequence of the stone spell, we got off easy. Mm -hmm. Do you think hunger is the worst consequence of the stone spell after the events of this episode? No. What do you think the worst consequence is? I mean, we saw a couple things come up. Amnesia. Ripper behavior. That Ripper behavior could have just been Oscar, though. Yeah. I think we have to bring up the possibility that this is not lasting life and that there's like aging issues or something like that or 
sudden death because I'm under the belief, I'll say this now, that only one person can be brought up with this stone at a time. Mm. So if you bring something else, someone else back, whoever you brought back before dies is my assumption. So I, I think Oscar is back to dead at the end of the episode and we just haven't seen it yet. Okay, that's interesting. It is. <laughs> that's why I said it. Damon says, are you sure you want to do that to Joe? And Rick says, it's now or never. The morgue is kicking me out. It's like, yeah, he could sit and watch this happen, which would probably be the ideal situation we all learned from the cancer debacle. Yeah. But unfortunately, he waited until the last day possible to use this stone. So it's kind of like, well, better than dead, I guess. And I do get why. I mean, after seeing Oscar, it's not particularly scary for them because he did seem to come back and just seem a little out of it. Well, yeah. And like being hungry, like he hasn't had blood for a few days. Yeah. So- I can see why, especially since it's the last day at the morgue, that they're like, we might as well try. What's the worst that's going to happen? Joe's going to die? Yeah. Worst case scenario, Joe dies again. Best case scenario, she stays alive. So the worst case scenario, you just end up where you were again, but maybe you at least get a nice goodbye with your dear wife. So, or you actually finish the wedding. They're a dream. Damon says, no offense, Rick, but I was actually asking Bonnie if she wanted to do that, not you. <laughs> and Bonnie says, look at you, sad sacks. What am I going to do? Say no. Damon, you go get your girl. I'll get his. She's like, I mean, I guess I'll help you guys. What else do I have to do today? I'm already at the fucking morgue. Yeah. We go over to the Salvatore house. Lily sits by the fire and Enzo comes in and he says, trick or treat. And he pours them some bourbon. And she says, I've been tricked enough today. Okay. And he was like, I was just doing like a cutie hello for Halloween. I didn't really need that. (laughs) She says, I still haven't heard a peep from the girls since they left. And she drinks the entire bourbon drink. And Enzo says, hey, quick question. Who's Julian? Yeah, he, he he gets right into it. He's like, why pretend like I'm here for something else? Yeah. She says, where'd you hear that name? And he says, well, I've heard a lot of names in this house since I moved in. But Julian, that's a new one, which means your family isn't talking about him for a reason. This is real King behavior, too. He does not let it slip where he heard this from. Yeah, because there's no winning letting her know that. Exactly. That is a good point. Lily says, that's nonsense. No one who ever met Julian would dare say a bad thing about him. He was a saint. He was the love of my life. And so one thing I want to bring up here is like the way Lily talks about Julian versus the way Valerie talks about Julian. Mm -hmm. So is Valerie telling the truth about Julian or is she lying or is Lily just a bad judge of character? What do you think? I think Lily's just a bad judge of character. I mean, she married Giuseppe. (laughs) Yeah, We, we can't ignore that. And yes, she hated Giuseppe by the end, but, you know, it took her a while and we saw enough evidence and, you know, it was Valerie's telling of this story, but we saw enough evidence of Julian being somewhat evil and i think lily was just kind of taken advantage of for wanting love and and support and family just thought i'd ask yeah fair enough enzo says was the love of your life or is she doesn't answer that because she gets a text from damon and she says damon about oscar and she goes so fast out the room yeah she says safe by the bell yeah (laughs) which enzo there's your answer buddy (laughs) yeah we go back over to the heaven and hell ball Mary Louise walks around and she spots a girl dancing and starts to get ready to attack her. But Stefan blocks her. And Mary Louise says, get out of my way. And Stefan says, why? You're done here. And he shows her the Oscar photo. And she says, well, that's excellent news. And he says, where's Nora? And she says, I don't know. We had a fight. And she sits sadly at a table. And he says, I'm sorry. And she says, don't pity me. And he says, trust me, I don't. 
he does a great job here with Mary Louise because he gives her enough pity that she feels comfortable, but not so much that she feels pity. He does a great job. She says, is this how relationships work in the modern era? Everybody peddling their flesh like a street bazaar? Because bloody Nora seems quite interested in the browsing. And Stefan says, you know, they have this wonderful thing called a therapist. Now, where did you hear that? Because I know you ain't go to therapy. Who told him about that? Has he done any research himself? Mary Lou says, how old do you think I am? I can think of nothing more futile than prattling on about one's emotions, as if I can prevent Nora from drifting away if I only find the right words. And Stefan sits down and says, or as if confronting my first love will somehow make her disappear. Caroline thinks Valerie's mere existence is somehow sabotaging our relationship, but if she could somehow get into my head, she would see the only thing standing between me and my girlfriend is that damn spell, which you can remove. Yeah, first I was like, Stefan, why are you opening up to her? And I was like, oh, no, he it's favor time. And then he injects her with Vervain and takes her away. He's not negotiating now. It's serious. Yeah, he, he, he brought that up, but it's not it's not a question. Mm-hmm. We go out to the car. Damon is driving and Oscar says, hey, can you slow down, please? And Damon says, trust me, you don't want to make Lily wait. I learned that the hard way. Here, this will take the edge off. And it's a blood bag. Oscar drinks it all up and says, yeah, I'm going to need more. And Damon says, okay, well, not until we get our story straight, okay? We were in Myrtle Beach. We were wasted. You passed out. And Oscar says, I've never been to Myrtle Beach. And Damon says, oh, my God, how deep does this amnesia go? And Oscar says, I just need, like, a little more blood, just a taste, just a drop. And Damon says, well, that was the last one. Yeah, and that's a dead giveaway, the way he said that. It's like, okay, Ripper. (laughs) (laughs) Oscar says, well, then you're going to have to stop this thing. And Damon says, not until you get one right. Multiple choice. You were in Myrtle Beach. A, partying too much. B, but before Damon can get through the whole question, Oscar screams and punches the door off the car and runs away. Oscar doesn't even try to crash the car. He just gets himself out. Yeah. Damon says, damn it. (laughs) We go out to a road. There is a car on the side of the road with a bloody body on the hood. And a cop car pulls up. So, of course, it's Matt. And Matt turns around and Damon is there. And Damon says, hey. Don't shoot me. Don't shoot the one person who can solve this case for you, detective dumbass. This case. <laughs> yeah. Matt says, what happened? And Damon says, Oscar's acid trip went from bad to worse. I've been tracking him through the woods. And Matt says, Damon, it is Halloween. There will be ghost tours going through Mystic Falls every 30 minutes. But put some stronger roadblocks up. <laughs> yeah. Damon says, perfect. At least I know where he's going. And Matt says, oh, okay, I'm coming with you. And Damon says, Donovan, that badge does not take away the fact that you are human. Please don't commit suicide by heretic tonight. And Matt says, since when do you care? And Damon says, give me a break. I don't want to add your death to the long list of things that are already my fault. So Matt does not go with Damon. Might as well keep patrolling, I guess. Yeah. He lives in that car at this point. (laughs) We go back over to Whitmore. Nora calls out for Mary Louise in the hallway of the dorm, and she finds her. Because Stefan is holding her up unconscious with a stake to her body. Mm-hmm. And Stefan says, hey, siphon the repulsion spell off Caroline or your girlfriend dies. See how easy I made that for you? Yeah, he's like, we're just going to do a quick little hostage swap situation. It works every time. Yeah. Nora says, yes, thanks. Now let me make it hard for you. She magically, you know, gets the stake and says, get away from her. But then Caroline comes from behind, gets Nora and like touches her mouth. Because again, Caroline's body can burn vampires. So it burns Nora. It is a useful power at at that point. Caroline says, grab my arm and siphon or keep burning. And so Nora does siphon. 
And this is the key with these heretics. You just distract one of them and then sneak up on the other one. Or yeah. even distract one and sneak up on it. We saw this with Malcolm. We saw this here. This is the play. It's just a two-person job every time. Yeah. Just need to remember that. Stefan says, did it work? Caroline snaps Nora's neck and drops her. Stefan drops Mary Louise's unconscious body. <laughs> and Caroline says, that was a lot more satisfying than I thought it would be. And then, finally, Stefan and Caroline make out. Thank God. Please let this be the last obstacle for a while. I'm done with it. I Yeah, I need, I need a minute. Just be together. Yeah. We go over to Mystic Falls. The same tour guide is hosting a tour. He gets everyone on the bus and he says, okay, guys, any questions before we head to the final stop on our tour? And one guy on the bus says, yeah, when does it get scary? Okay, smart ass, I bet you're happy with that in about two minutes. <laughs> yeah. The guy says, hey, this isn't some haunted hayride, okay? If you want teens dressed up in silly costumes giving you jump scares, go to Grove Hill. <laughs> the return of Grove Hill. <laughs> yeah. Oscar then jumps through the windshield of the bus. And takes the guide and attacks the guide away. And those people on the bus at this point think it's part of the show. One guy literally starts slow clapping and everyone applauds. Yeah, guys, what do you think the budget for this tour is? Because I'm sure you spent $10. Do you think he can replace the windshield every tour? Yeah. Oscar breaks through the back of the bus and then bloodily kills all of them. Yeah, so gets pretty scary pretty quick. <laughs> Happy Halloween. Ooh. Lily approaches and she says, Oscar, enough. What on earth has gotten into you? This isn't you. She's always talking to these heretics like they're her dogs. Yeah. She says, Stop. <laughs> Put it down. She says, you are not yourself when you feed. You know that. You remember how we live. You remember everything in moderation. Oscar comes toward her. She seems scared. And Damon appears and snaps Oscar's neck. And Damon says, oh, now I get it. Your favorite sons are the ones with the ripper problems. I recommend a detox and an intervention. Now it's your turn. Where the hell is Elena? He did gag her a bit. He did. We go back over to the Heaven and Hell Ball. It's wrapping up. Mary Louise and Nora are on the couch. Nora wakes up and she says, where are they? And Mary Louise says, doesn't matter. And Nora says, of course it matters. They were going to hurt you. I'm going to find them and rip their heads off and smash them together like two disgusting melons. And Mary Louise is smiling. Because she's like, that's my girlfriend. Nora says, why are you smiling? Mary Louise says, I can't help it. You're adorable. And they kiss. And Nora says, I'm sorry. You were right to worry. And Mary Louise says, no, I'm sorry. We've been on our own. Scorned, abused, imprisoned for so long. I've forgotten this world is meant to be enjoyed, not feared. Help me remember that. And then they slow dance. And Nora says, we should get back to Mystic Falls. And Mary Louise says, no, we've spent an entire lifetime there. The night is ours. And they kiss. Love them. Love them. I want them to, like, go to Whitmore, at least. Get out of that fucking house. Get out of Lily's house. I can't do it with y'all. I need you two to have fun. I need you to fall in love and live your lives. Go to more college parties. I know. Be cute. Join the GSA. Elsewhere at Whitmore, Caroline and Stefan get to Caroline's dorm, and they're making out. Thank God. And Caroline says, no, wait, this can't happen yet. Girl, yes, it can. And even Stefan's like, girl, shut the fuck up. Stefan says, yes, it can. <laughs> That's the whole point. <laughs> Stefan's like, girl, we're done. No. <laughs> Caroline says, no, I need you to know that I'm not some insecure, jealous girlfriend, okay? It's just that when I get something I've wanted for a really long time, sometimes I do this thing. And he says, yeah, you overthink things. Yeah, I got it. And she says, no, but sometimes I say things that I don't really need to say, but I'm just scared I'm the only one thinking them. And he says, okay. The reason I'm not talking about Valerie is that I'm not thinking about Valerie. I'm thinking about you. 
and how you and I have had more history in the last five years than most people have in a lifetime. So they keep making out. It's clear they're about to have sex. Hell yeah. Sterile forever. Thank God. Yay. Finally. We go over to the grill. Valerie is sitting alone at the bar and Matt comes in with his gun and says, hey, this is off limits. And then he says, oh, you're one of the heretics. And she says, yeah, don't do anything stupid. And he says, there's a tour bus full of corpses in the cemetery because I didn't do anything stupid. She's like, well, that's not my fault. And she says, I don't know what happened there. I'm in danger of being exiled from my family because I did something extra stupid. Join me for a drink. And before she said that, I was like, this is just the type of girl to be into Matt Donovan. Yeah, crazy girl. Like just a little crazy, insecure. Needs love more than anything on this earth. Yeah. They say they see him and they're like, he'll do. He'll do in a pinch. (laughs) But Matt doesn't fall for it anymore. Not after Rebecca and Nadia. Yeah, he finally learned. He says, if you're not gone by the time I count to three, I'll shoot you. That's what he should have done to Nadia. Yeah. (laughs) He says one, two, but then on three, Enzo appears, points the gun at the ceiling and shoots it. And Enzo says, stick to tourists. So Matt goes. Enzo keeps Matt's gun. (laughs) Yeah, because Matt's like, you know what? Fine. I'm going to go to bed. Yeah. (laughs) Enzo says to Valerie, you're welcome. And Valerie says, I'm swooning on the inside. In case it's not entirely obvious by now, I came here to be alone. And Enzo says, or you're planning your escape. Only a matter of time until Oscar sobers up and fingers you as his would-be murderer, which clearly you're bloody awful at. And she says, okay, what do you want, Enzo? And he says, I want, dear, not so innocent Valerie, for you to tell me how we're going to prevent Julian from walking back into Lily's life. And she smiles because she said, fuck yeah. She said, okay, I'm, I'm good with you now. She said, Julian haters unite. He said, finally, someone on my team here. We go out to the woods. Damon sets the entire tour bus of dead bodies on fire. Because, you know, what else are you going to do? Lily says, I've asked Bo to remove the cloaking spell from Elena's coffin. You'll find her in the ruins of the old Salvatore mansion. And he says, clever-ish. And she says, I'm glad you think so. And he says, I'm moving back to Mystic Falls. And she says, well, I will certainly ask the family to take it under consideration. And he says, nope, wasn't a request. Which, fair enough. I'm sorry, girl. Yeah, it was stupid of her to make him leave Mystic Falls. And she doesn't really fight back on it. Because, you know, she knows she kind of has no leg to stand on after this little shenanigan. Yeah. Damon says, these people didn't deserve to be killed by one of your free-range children. Stefan's up to his hero hair in heretic drama, and I worry that Matt Donovan's funeral is going to cut into my social schedule. A great point's being made. Hero hair and then heretic in a row, that's a tongue twister. Yeah. Lily says, and you're going to help keep order? Damon, you could hardly keep a covered box safe. Now, that's not fair because he put it spelled into a crypt. into a crypt. Like, He did keep it safe. This was an extraordinary circumstance. Yeah, you guys did a spell and stole it. So that's not really his fault. He kept it as safe as he was physically able to. Yeah. Lily says, you do realize this innate desire to keep Elena physically present in your life. This boyish refusal to let her go will only put her in more danger. After everything we've been through, what a shame it would be to lose her because you're too terrified to find out who you actually are without her. I do think she cooks a little bit here. I think she does make a point that he needs to know who he is without Elena. And I do think like we do need to get away from like Damon having a scene with a coffin. Yes. What she's right about here is that him wanting to keep Elena nearby is what is putting her in more danger. Because Mm -hmm. like, yes, 
Lily was the one who went to go kidnap Elena after all this happened. But that was a lot easier to do when she was in Mystic Falls. One, it'd be one thing because, you know, I said this in the finale when we see them all get to talk to her. It'd be one thing if they could do that. Yeah. But it seems like, you know, they're all saying they're not doing that. They weren't like touching the coffin in the crypt, whatever. So where exactly it is doesn't super matter. Yeah. Like physically. So I get, I agree with that. I mean, I think as the character, he needs to take some time away from being just Elena's boyfriend, but also as a function of the show, it's a tough balance because we do have to address the significance of Elena in all of these people's lives. But if we spend all this time that she's gone talking about Elena, the show doesn't work. Yeah, it just suffers because it's like, why isn't Elena here? Yeah. And th- that's my thing is like, I guess I understand him wanting the coffin near him. I think that's fair. But I also just feel like we cannot keep having these scenes where he's like sitting with the coffin. If we're not going to have it be a conversation, like, yeah, because it's just a little goofy. We can't be addressing this coffin so much. It's the same thing. Like Klaus had all his family in coffins, but he like had them all stored somewhere. He wasn't like carrying them around right behind him. It was not an easy feat to kidnap those coffins. Yeah. Lily says, if you dare to return to Mystic Falls, it's no skin off my nose. And Damon says, I want one more thing. What he wants is a bottle of wine from the wine cellar. Well, and, you know, this is his one time to negotiate with her. So he might as well ask for a few things in a row. Oh, yeah. We see him in the woods with Elena's coffin. And in voiceover, he says, dear Elena. Yes, you heard that correctly. Hell has frozen over. I'm writing everything down. Why weren't you already writing stuff down? Like you love her so much that you would bring this coffin everywhere, but you won't write down the diary. It's like the one thing she asked you to do. And I get that like with everyone writing stuff down, probably it'll get redundant. (laughs) Yeah. She's not going to read. Like she has like six diaries in front of her turning the page all together. Because she's like, I want to make sure at the same time. He says, granted, I'm a half bottle in thanks to my 1950 Chateau Cheval Blanc, a bottle I waited 65 years to open. I used to spend nights sitting in my wine cellar, convincing myself I could actually hear it age. Tannins growing, fermenting, but appreciating its beauty did not make time go by faster. The bottle just laid there on its shelf, torturing me while I waited for Catherine and time stood still. Eventually, I convinced myself that no sip of that wine could ever taste as good as I dreamt it would. So I hid the bottle and walked away. And that is the story of why I drink bourbon. I don't know who I am without you, but I do know as long as I'm with you, time will stand still. So in this metaphor, Elena's the wine. Yeah. And holding on to it is, is stopping him from growing. We all get it. Yeah. The solution here is they're going to essentially move the coffin somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. And we know this because Tyler drives a truck up. He backs the truck in really quick. <laughs> Damon in voiceover says, so who is Damon Salvatore without Elena Gilbert? We go to the morgue and we see Bonnie doing the spell on Joe. And Damon says, a selfish friend. We go to Whitmore. We see Stephanie and Caroline cuddling. And Damon says, a selfish brother. We go over to the Salvatore house. Lily is checking on Oscar, who's asleep. Damon says, a horrible son. We go to the woods and Damon and Tyler load the coffin into Tyler's car. Damon and Tyler load the coffin into the truck and Tyler drives away. Thank you for stopping by, Tyler. Good to see you. Yeah, Tyler stopped by. He got a quick check, but not a big check because he did not speak one line. Yeah, he did not. He and he and Damon didn't even acknowledge each other, it appears. They <laughs> put the coffin in and said, okay. Later. Bye. <laughs> and Damon says, or maybe with a little luck, I'll do right by you. 
because you may be a thousand miles away or a hundred years away, but you're still with me, and my heart is right there in that coffin with you. And then we go back to the morgue. Bonnie continues the spell. Damon says, until you come back to me. Joe opens her eyes, and Bonnie and Rick look at each other, and Joe looks around. And that's where we end the episode. So our first question, of course, is Joe back? Is it for good? Will she have side effects? And being that she's not a vampire like Oscar, what kind of side effects can we expect? I think Joe is back. I think it will likely be for good. I think there may be some ups and downs, but I think it will end with her being around. Potentially, although, you know, we didn't see her in the in the flash forward, but she's famously a doctor. That's true. She she may have actually had to be at work, unlike Alaric. I do think we have to bring the possibility of this amnesia effect, which we don't know if that was, you know, Oscar just being overwhelmed or what, but, you know, we have to raise that. And I think there's a possibility too that, you know, we didn't see Oscar tell on Valerie. There's a possibility that they don't remember how they died, you know, because it may just be cut off somehow. I'll also raise, because you kind of mentioned it earlier, you know, when Oscar woke up, he was screaming. And you implied that maybe he came from the bad afterlife because of that. Joe, no issues waking up. Yeah, she woke right up. She just woke right up, hanging out. And I do think, you know, she is a human, but I think we have to assume this stone kind of brings you back in the state you were as much as possible. Okay. It's magic anyway. So we don't really know what what that is. And, you know, Oscar came back to life. So we know his heart had to somehow be back in his body. Well, we can assume, I think in that case, I because I had the same thought, though his heart was taken out since he's a vampire, he could like logistically grow a new heart to heal. Sure. But I'm just raising that because- she might have a stab wound. Although, didn't her wound get stitched up by the autopsy? I'm not even saying that. I'm going further. I'm going different than that. But it's in that realm that his heart grew back. If that stab wound killed a baby, that baby could pop back. We do yeah. have to, you know, we have to wonder the baby situation. I mean, we did see two apparent twins in the time yes. jump, which implies yes. that. It implies the babies are coming and will be fine. Yeah. Uh, well, because, you know, it's not like the babies were, you know, like full fledged babies. They're in the middle of growth. So they just keep growing. Sure. So I do think it brings her and the babies back. And I do think there's a possibility, you know, I, I think she probably is alive, but. I can't ignore the possibility that she dies in childbirth. And I already brought that up. Because you think of the named babies. Do you think prior to childbirth, the babies will have any negative effects from being brought back to life? Separate to Joe? I don't think the the babies themselves necessarily. I think Joe could have complications from a number of things. But I think that'll be more Joe's issue than the baby's issue. Sure. Next question. Will Enzo and Valerie be able to stop Julian from coming back? Or do you think he's coming back? I think he's going to come back in some way or another. I do think Enzo and Valerie will do their work to stop it. And as of this point, Lily does not know that Oscar found Julian. That's true. And we're not even 100% sure Oscar knows because he didn't remember being in Myrtle Beach. So at this point, it's unclear that anyone knows where Julian is. Also because the possibility I raised that Oscar may be dead again. Yeah. So... I think it's just a matter of not let it, not finding that information again. Although I think Lily will be working harder, especially because it's only a matter of time until these heretics start wanting to leave the house, leave the nest. I mean, yeah. Nora and Mary Louise are already on that path. Valerie's struggling with this. You know, I, I think Lily's going to need someone steady with her 
So I think she's going to be looking hard for Julian. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.